<laughs> Hi, good evening. My name is Jay Roth, but I'm the host of Real Men Real Talk Live. Last week, if you happen to miss the episode, check this out. But you know what? I'm trusting every day when I show up that my work is to connect people back to the part of themselves that they abandoned, which mm. is their own heart and their own soul. So part of, my, part of the work I do is I tell some stories because my stories are your stories. Your stories are all of our stories. And the stories are here to inspire, to bring hope mm. that you can heal. We all can heal. When we stop living inside the confines of society's belief systems or programming from home, it's time for us to show up and blow up and just tap into the true essence of who we were born to be. One more, why not? Let's do it. One more. We're gonna we're gonna roll Josh Richer in since he's not with us tonight. We're gonna uh, jo Josh, join us here on, on Real Men Real Talk Live. So of course you're not gonna be living your passion. So I think the midlife crisis or the midlife awakening is when we finally realize that we are lovable, we are worthy, we are, uh, we can have a life uh, that we want rather than a life that we've filled with things to validate us and jobs and careers and titles to validate um, that we are worthy. So we finally flip and we're like, wait a minute, I don't even like what I was doing or love what I was doing. I might've liked parts of it like you did, Jay, but you want more. You want something that's bigger and more meaningful. And you, you, you know, I think a lot of us want to give back. And so we flip our priorities at that point. It's not about lack anymore. It's not about proving that we're lovable or worthy or that we're enough. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk, live! I'm just going to take a moment here to introduce my co-host this evening. We have uh, Jeff Fasano coming in from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my brother from uh, a different mother also grew up in the New York metro area. Welcome back, Jeff Fasano. Good to be here, folks. Looking forward to diving into a subject that we haven't really touched upon in 5,486 episodes. There we go. There we go. And we have the man of the land from down under. He uh, calls Australia home. He uh, also calls himself the Aboriginal. Evis Love, welcome back to Real Men Real Talk Live this evening. Damn, Jeff. We must have done 2,365 extra shows through the week from last week. Yeah, what exactly. <laughs> we, we, exactly, we, brothers. We keep growing. Uh, and tonight, uh, unfortunately, uh, Josh Richard is off. He's uh, traveling somewhere in a continental USA, uh, doing, being, uh, doing some acts of service, spending some time visiting his beautiful mom, and also uh, just spending some time doing what he's doing. I'll be back next week on uh, the next episode, episode 164. But in this moment, we're going to come back to the present moment. We're not going to go into the future. In this moment, uh, I want to take a moment to thank our guests for joining us this evening. If you should be inspired, if you get lit up, Please share it out with your friends and uh, your family members in your community, your social media community. But in the meantime, tonight's episode is 163. And the topic is, are we missing or mentoring? Um, just to give you a, what does that mean for us? Uh, before Evis lights us up, kick us, kicks us off and gets us hot on this new topic. Are we guiding or teaching the youth in our everyday interactions? Are we allowing the youth to express themselves or re remain connected to their own hearts? Can we get out of the way of youth as elders? What knowledge are we passing down to our youth? And there's going to be a lot more questions that I'm going to be proposing out here in tonight's show. But if this was a topic that, that hit you hard and hit you fast this week, 
Tell us why and what inspired you to, to bring this forward in our production meeting just a couple of 24 hours ago. Yeah, my brother. And look, um, as always, here in the land down under, thank you, thank you, thank you, my brothers and sisters. If we can share it out in the community, those who have joined us or those who are watching it on the delayed broadcast, you're always on divine time. And I was very fortunate this week uh, to sh be sharing um, another journey with my young brothers and sisters at a primary school which is year, uh, kindergarten to year six here in the land down under. And um, it was a beautiful couple of days where we were um, celebrating what we do over here for First Nations people, which is called NADOC Week. And um, what's really beautiful about NADOC is that we get to come in and share about uh, First Nations, uh, the original people of this land's culture, you know, some of those learning processes, how we grow up, how we are taught uh, through those younger ages, particularly in traditional culture and customs. And what it really started to give me a, a really big open, I guess, scene of what I could really see out in the collective, particularly on my own journey. And look, I've, I've been through many schools now, and it just really hit me the other day that as we go forward into the way that we share uh, our experiences, our own life journeys, whether even we, what we pass down to our young Pluris, our young kids, uh, as we may call them, is really important on how we deliver these messages. Now, the teachers that were at that school were absolutely blown away with what I had to share with those young kids. I was blown away, to be honest, with a couple of the things that I saw. And, you know, I'm still digesting and, you know, really being able to go through what I'd really experienced on those couple of days. But one thing that really did stood out, uh, stand out, and was really the inspiration for sharing this, I guess, topic tonight, was us being able to guide our children in a way that's probably an old way but we may look at it as a new way of being able to pass down knowledge, be passed down so-called information, but also be able to share and help them on their own vulnerable, gentle, caring little stories. You know, I had the youngest of children developed at the age before they can go to school come into one of my workshops. And the magic of that was really the simplicity of each of these workshops that I deliver. You know, much of my sharing and, and the way that I share uh, the, the cultural values within these workshops with, with the younger uh, children is really simple in its own nature. It, it really does come back to simple protocols and a way of growing up that we can actually work in the flow of life as opposed to trying force things. And what these teachers, I think, were blown away were, number one, was that I had them very still. I had them very calm. They were very receptive. They were very engaging of what I was sharing with them. Why I really had that trust, I guess, built with those kids early on is because I was listening. I was hearing in the present moment to their story. Then from their story, I was able to share my story. You know, we just opened up with um, really powerful reel there with Mr. J, the Roth man. And I think why it's really relevant to tonight is because as I share through the show tonight, I'm going to be talking about a couple of cultural protocols that we use that really allowed you to engage not only in the world around you in flow, but most importantly, that little relationship that you have, no matter what age you are on your journey. Now, we've got a lot of adults out here walking around, man. Um, I would say children in adult costumes. And I've said that before, and I say it in a very, 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 very respectfully way. In the way that we're passing down our own wounding, we're passing down old belief systems that we should have grown out of by now. We're passing down particular, I guess, ways of learning that our children, I believe, on this planet at the moment are really rebelling against. 
And these are the questions we've got to ask ourselves. Why are they rebelling against some of these things that we've been passing down to this point? So look, man, I'm going to go in deep tonight, brothers, but I'd be very interested in what you've got to say for the stuff, Mr. Jeff Fonsani. Well, you know, um, as what I'm curious about is um, trying to formulate this. So when I look about, out about when I was going to school or kids are going to school, they're just being taught a curriculum. Um, what we're doing, what counselors are doing, what so many people are doing is taking people on an inner journey, learning how to love, honor, and value themselves, see their individuality, their uniqueness, and we're all learning that I started at 40 years old. So my question to you, Ev, was that what you were doing with these, these kids? Like, like asking them like, to, do, to do that, to, 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 to have them look at themselves and love themselves and honor themselves tell me your story. I'm interested because um, when kids go to school these days, that's not even there. And it never was when I went to school, probably you nor Jay as well. And one of the things that would be wonderful is if this type of stuff was taught in school. Mm. Um, and it's not because we don't really live in a society or in the educational system is all about so, the curriculum so that was my question to you is yeah that, brother is that what you were doing with the kids yeah it's, it's a big part of it jeff and um it's a beautiful question because it is all about that you know really sense of self being able mm -hmm. to understand that part of yourself but then you know before I even answer the question, I've got to give you a, an idea of, you know, some of the traditional protocols that I can share. And, you know, like one of those things, as I've told you guys, when we were born into this world, we knew our roles, responsibilities. We knew our roles, responsibilities to that particular child. So we had a really intrinsic kinship system that allowed for the support of that child, not only as the birth of the child, but through the adolescence of that child all the way into the adulthood of that child. So number one was the support system that we had. You know, one of the other beautiful systems as we had was the totemic system. Mm. So the totemic system, why it's so important, brothers and sisters, to really understand and, you know, wrap your, your, your sort of mind around it, is that, you know, we may have had up to five to several different totems along our journey now on that particular journey to say you know it could have been an animal it could have been a plant a tree it could have been insect could have been reptiles within that particular totemic system but you would learn about that particular plant you would learn the growth of that plant you would learn the soil from which that plant grew you would learn whether that plant was medicine. You would learn whether that plant was good enough to eat. You would then learn where that plant came from within that soil. That connected you to someone's totem that may have had to do with that particular soil within that group as well. So you had that intrinsic connection and interconnectedness to everything, to all. So that particular system within itself allows you to see that our way of learning was a living way of learning. Mm, mm. Now, let's look in the so-called modern world. We put our kids down straight into the books. From mm -hmm. those earlier ages, we do start to tell them stories. We do start to get their imagination flowing a little bit. But then we put our kids' heads straight down into the books to regurgitate mm -hmm. information and become indoctrinated into a system which you are rewarded if you get particular marks. But if you don't get those marks, 
imagine the rejection some of these kids are trying to handle, mm. let alone out in this big world that they're trying to navigate mm. through their earlier years. Mm. The pressure of bullying, the pressure of cyberbullying, the pressure of, you know, home dynamics. Mm. So these young kids are going through so, so much. And unfortunately, we pass down our programming, which keeps it recycling, because that's all, you know, we were passed down from. We pass down our wounding. We pass down our traumas. How can they get a sense of self? How can they connect to something that is wounded? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, this is why they're rebelling. And so this gives them a really good sense of self, Jeff, because they are not only connecting with themselves, they're connecting to everything that is in that country or that land as well. And this yeah. is where we derive our values of respect, caring, sharing, compassion, love, connection, community. These values I've got to come back, brothers and sisters. Now, my, and I have another question <laughs> for you and that you alluded to in our production meeting. Um, you alluded to the fact that the, the teachers were impressed on a certain level with what you were doing with the kids. Can you share more of that? This is all leading to something. Um, yeah. Um, and, and why were they impressed? And I bet you they were learning something as well. So can you share, share that as well? Yeah, you're onto it, brother. And that was the thing because I would start off culturally, the principles and the significance of why it was important to learn some of these, uh, obviously, cultural values. And I specifically was running the art shop as well. So I chimed in the creative brain and the logical brain. I brought the balance for the mind, body and spirit. Mm. So what's happening is that most of our education, I'm not going to say all of it, but most of it till this point has all been left brain. It's all been logical, mm -hmm. rational. So when I would take them through some of those cultural uh, protocols, I would then take them on the journey. It was the inner journey. I took them through the deity and meditation and helped them visualize their connection out on country and in nature. Mm -hmm. When they came back out of that particular journey, I had a piece of paper for them. I had my symbols up on the whiteboard behind me that were uh, specific for traditional art. And then each one of those kids and even the teachers, Jeff, drew what they had saw on their inner journey. Mm. They were connecting with the right and the left brain. Mm. You would not believe some of the stories that I'm still, like I said, digesting and coming down from. Mm. I had a so-called special needs child, no older than probably nine years old, eight years old. I was teaching them how to do hand stencils and the significance of in cultural protocols, why that was there. He had done his particular hand stencil. He had put my elements, my symbols of the five elements that we currently live in on each finger. In the middle of his palm, he had a meeting place or a sacred space. Mm. I said, mate, that's absolutely beautiful. What does that mean? He said, they're the five gateways to creation. Mm. Mm. This is the magic. We've got to let them shine. We've got mm. to let them shine through their creative brain. We've mm. got to be able to allow them to express their story, whether it is through art, whether it's through dance, writing, song. These were mm -hmm. all of the old ways. And through mm. those particular stories that we were telling back in the day, they would embed our values that had to go and uh, be rooted into our law. Mm. Um, I'm curious, um, from your perspective, I want to take a moment here just to thank the two of you. Uh, I did work through some audio um, challenges this evening coming in. Uh, uh, 
Thank you, viewers, for bringing it to uh, our attention this evening. Hopefully that noise is dissolved. It sounded like I didn't hear it. I can't hear it in the production studio, but apparently it sounds like uh, I was playing a piano or some kind of music in the background. I don't have a piano in my home. Mm. Uh, so it's, you know, the universe uh, doing some interference here, perhaps uh, not wanting us to be talking about this topic tonight, wanting to distract yeah, yeah. us. It certainly distracted me as I worked through the, the kinks of this, but um, clearly I have an opportunity to watch the replay just to pick up the last 10 minutes or so. But I do want to say this is that um, not every school district has the gift, the blessing of having someone like yourself step in and provide uh, the wisdom, provide the, the teachings and the mentoring that you shared with students over the last couple of days uh, down under, Ev. But, um, but what, what role can we play? in modern society today is so key because um, for so many of us, um, we don't really, we're so busy taking the downloads in. We're just receiving, receiving, we're receiving it at school, then we're receiving it uh, in social media, receiving it everywhere we turn. But what we're not being provided is the opportunity to open our throats, to open our throat chakras, to express what we're feeling what we're experiencing in in our youth. And so, and, and that even happens at home. Uh, it's, it's so interesting. Um, so many times I work with clients on the land and um, many times a client will say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of confused because I, if I was to rate my childhood and we ask them to do just that, they'll say, yeah, it was a nine out of 10 or an eight out of 10. But then when, when we start to talk a little bit about what was it like growing up in your home, and when they share that uh, both mom and dad would work to provide for the family, to provide for the family that they were growing, making more babies, bringing love into the, into the world, yet both mom and dad were not available because they were working full time to provide for the family. Mm. And so that was my story. I mean, honestly, I was a lot, what we call the latchkey baby, meaning when I got home, I had a key in second grade and third grade and they're they're on for the rest of my childhood i got home before my mom got home and mm -hmm. and so when 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 we look at the bigger picture how does that impact a child in kindergarten in first grade they're coming home to an empty home mm -hmm. and the parents are so busy just trying to provide that the most important gift that the, that the youth needs is to feel connected feel connected at home, feel safe in our own home. When mm -hmm. we walk into an empty home, what are we, how are we, how are we interpreting that as young children? Mm -hmm. And so we, we end up with these, these, these wounds, some of us around abandonment in a very, very subtle way. We're not even aware of that's what it feels like, but that's what it feels like mm -hmm. for many of us. And so the greatest gift I believe we can give to the youth today is asking them questions, you know, engaging with them, smiling at them, not, not in any other way, but just connecting with them eye to eye and providing that safe place for them to open up, you know, just asking them simple questions, whatever that can look mm. like, tapping into that in a moment. Mm. What, what do you make of that, uh, Jeff or Ev? Well, it's, it's the work that we do, the inner child work that we do. Just look at it this way. Um, I started doing this work when I was turned 40. Um, tapping into my wounding and all, all my programming and conditioning, and then learning how to reparent my little child at the age of 40. It would be wonderful if we could, like, that's why I asked Ev these questions. Ev's working with kindergartners through the sixth grade. Just think about if we could begin ha work with kindergartners, first graders, second graders doing this work. And they wouldn't have to, at the age of 35 years old, learn how to reparent that child. Mm -hmm. Because the children that we're reparenting could be a, that little boy who's in kindergarten or that first or second grader that we're going through now because we never learned how to do it. We never were taught how to do it. 
Um, I I'm, guess, I'm, guess I'm speaking hypothetically, which is why I asked Ev those questions with what he did, because it gives a chance for kids to learn how to do this work at five years old and six years old and seven years old and 10, you know, all the way through the sixth grade and even after that. Uh, that's really important. Just think about if we had parents who knew how to do this. The, the, the point I'm making is that our parents only knew what they knew and they, as Jay would say, they didn't know what they didn't know as well. So they did the best they can based upon, you know, I was born in the 50s. Um, it would be wonderful now. And I'm sure that there are schools out there that do teach this to their kids. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's really wonderful and important for us. I'm not a parent, so I'm just speaking hypothetically. I know that when I engage in, with kids or my nieces and nephew, I stress the importance of knowing who you are, loving, honoring, and valuing who you are. Because to be honest with you, I know my brother really doesn't know how to do that either. So it's really important, which is why I'm very interested in what Ev was doing, to bring this to kids that are that, are that young. And, and then going, we're doing this work now. So then it's about us modeling any uh, uh, child that's in our life, whatever youth we come in contact with to bring that to them. Mm -hmm. I, do, I do that with any kids that I, that I come in contact with and I've done it with my nieces and nephews. Love, mm -hmm. honor, and value yourself. Uh, find that passion within. I've done it specifically with my nephew. Mm -hmm. And uh, where my brother would always say, you got to get a job. You have to do this. But that was my father's mentality. And my nephew's an artist. And he, he wants to do this. And I remember my brother just saying to him, yeah, well, you know, how are you going to make money doing that? Which is so old school mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. it was reprehensible when he said that and my cousin my cousin my my nephew looked at me and literally i called my nephew the next day to talk to him about that and basically say hey tom don't listen to your father he goes no problem and then i called my brother and i said what are you what are you teaching him mm -hmm. um i know i'm going off on a tangent here but it's about us since we see Doing this work and undertaking this work, folks, um, as by do, working on our own personal inner process. Robert Baker, who was my very first um, counselor, therapist, mentor, teacher in this, when I decided to work with him, he said, if you're going to work with me and go through this process, you now have a responsibility to your fellow human being. Boom. If you're doing this, going through it, now your responsibility is to pass it on. And that's what we could do, not only with adults, but with children as well. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, jump, Jeff. I want to jump in here real quick and and say that that's a slippery slope, to an extent, because children and the youth are paying close attention to is there an alignment between our words spoken and our behaviors. Hundred mm -hmm. percent. And what I mean by that is, I I say this is part of my truth, Mom. This is my truth, so I'm gonna share it. I think I was about 13 or 14 years old when I, I really looked and was paying attention to the behavior of my father, for example. And I, I, I love my father today. I've done the healing work. Um, I have a healthy relationship with him in his afterlife than probably I had for many years of my adult life. But I will say this is that when I was uh, probably 13, 14 years old, I, I lost respect for my father at that time. I was angry because he believed, he was taught, 
do as I say, not as I do. And I said that probably in one other episode, but that was my truth. And, and for me as a teenager going through puberty and, and everything's, you know, maturing and we're figuring things out at that young age, I was, it, it was not comfortable for me because what I needed was I needed a father to be that mentor for me to show up and teach me how to grow into a, a healthy young man. He did the best he could. And I understand that. And I'm not angry at him and I'm not blaming him like I did for years. But that's where it gets slippery for us as elders in this community. You know, if we're gonna, if we're gonna show up, we need to really show up. Mm-hmm. It's not just the words that we speak, it's 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 the actions that we take, it's how we treat other people, mm-hmm. how we treat our partners, how we treat our friends, how we treat our siblings, how we treat our parents. This is the ultimate gift, but also responsibility that we have to the youth today. Mm-hmm. They're paying attention to us in the grocery store. They're paying attention to us in aisle 13 and 11. <laughs> and I'm paying attention to how their parents are talking to them in aisle 9 and 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, I believe, that is the greatest gift that we have before we can truly touch another human being mm. with our own wisdom. We have to first make sure that we're touching the most important soul in our life, most important child in our life. And that's the child within. Mm-hmm. Then, then we can truly embrace the essence of becoming a mentor because we've done our own work. And it's not that we've done it and it's over and it's like, you know, we got the plaque on the, the wall, we've graduated. I don't know that we ever graduate. Mm-mm. At least not in this lifetime. I don't know that I will because as soon as, you know, you feel like you've, you, you've healed a wound, another opportunity comes up and, you, you know, you, you, you see the blind spot as Bob Phillips would be asking, like, show me where my blind spots are. Mm-hmm. Show me where my shadows are. Mm-hmm. If we pay enough attention... To ourselves, we should be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Well, what the what I, the point I was making is modeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are, but, but, what, what are mm-hmm. we? Who are we being? And what are we modeling? Because kids are looking like. Let's just bring it back to this. What did my father and mother model for me? Mm. And what did I pick up at the age of four, five, six, ten? What did they model? Because kids, you know, we're incredible sponges, and you know. So what, what, what our responsibility is is if we are being what we're doing, then we're modeling it. Just like what we're doing on this show for men is modeling. You know, we're not just talking here, guys and folks. We're sharing our experiences as men. And as we share these experiences through our experiences in life, opening our hearts vulnerable, transparent, and authentic, and we're still men. That's modeling. That's what we're doing. What we're doing is modeling to men and, and, and women and other people. You know something? You can feel vulnerable. You can feel all your feelings. You could cry. You could f- share so much, which we've done in this show. That's called being a model. Mm-hmm. And still being who we are and that's 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 basically what it's important for us as adults young adults to model to these little these kids something that maybe their parents aren't what do you make of that evis love man both of you say some really important things brothers um you know jeff talking about those responsibilities obligations um, you know, Joe, you're talking about the responsibility as an elder as well. 
And funny enough, man, like that was the actual theme of our NADOC week this week was elders. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I talked about the role of elders back in traditional times. They probably had the biggest load uh, than any within the tribal group. You know, uh, obviously they were the knowledge holders. So that knowledge was passed down through the generations, which I've been displaying on my artwork, which I called the generations. But also that knowledge uh, within that elder as a responsibility in that passing down, um, you know, through the story uh, stories, was also to maintain the balance and the well-being of the tribe. So when I think of an elder, I also think not only is knowledge and wisdom but I also think of love and care, mm -hmm. you know, but what have we done in Western society? We put our elders in frigging retirement homes. We don't go and visit them. We don't make intimate conversations with them anymore. You know, what they may lack in a physical form, they may not run as quick or, you know, jump as high as what they may have done in their youth, mm. but what they lack in that, mm. they make up for in knowledge and wisdom. And that is because of experience, brothers and sisters. It's the time. So the time that we spend with our elders, we learn through their story and vice versa. Our elders mm. then can learn through your story. And mm. that is the magic of making these connections. Mm. But like you're saying, Jeff, we have that role and that responsibility and obligation to be able to pass that on then to our youth. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, in today's world, again, you get to a certain age and you so-called have the right to get a license. You have the right to, you know, uh, I, I guess, uh, have sexual relations. You have the right to drink alcohol. You have the right to do all of these other things in our old world. Uh, ways in tribal ways in traditional ways you had to earn your right mm. things have changed brothers and sisters but the mm. more that we start to actually talk and converse like we are now i guess the more it comes to the surface and we can start doing some cleansing and clearing so we mm. reconnect mm. 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 you know it's 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 interesting um I'm listening to the two of you, and this is such a such a critical, critical episode tonight, because we are we are we have we continue to do such a disservice to our youth, the next generation. Um, you know, but it's interesting. I, I had an amazing morning. I, I spent the morning. I, I refer to this gentleman I was with today as an elder, only because he's a little older than I am. Uh, he's my elder. Um, but what unfolded was beyond magical. Why? Because I showed up with an open heart. And he showed up with an open heart. And we locked eyes and we connected. We connected at the soul level this morning in the land at the creek. Mm. And there was so much healing that took place over those three plus hours this morning. The healing I'm talking about was the healing of the youth, the youth within each other, ourselves. And it's interesting, uh, I, 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 I shared this, uh, I saw the movie Sounds of Freedom, Sound of Freedom just a couple of weeks ago, maybe three, three weeks or so ago. And for me, what really came forward was we're, we're so focused on the, the tragedies that are happening outside of ourselves, child uh, 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 sex trafficking and what goes along with that across the globe. But what really, what really struck me, what really hit me so hard is that these are children that are sold for sex, but they're living in prison. And the it's a little different, but what I came away with was that as adults, how many of us in society, in modern society even, are living in prison within ourselves? 
It's time to set our youth free. All of our youth, the youth that we meet in the grocery stores, we see in our everyday walkabouts in life. But we also have an obligation and a responsibility to our own children, the children within our own home, within our own body temple, within our soul. It's time to set that child free so that they can just experience the true essence of life just being more than enough. What dreams are we chasing? How important are those dreams? Most of the dreams aren't even ours. They're our ancestors. This is how we can impact our youth today. Just mm. come from love. Just come from love within your own heart. Connect with the youth. Mm. through the eyes, through the smile. Mm. I can't tell you how many adults I work with today that say these words. My caretaker, my parents, whomever it was that, that raised them in their own youth, never said these words to them. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. Instead, what they heard was everything that they were doing wrong Mm -hmm. and how they received that was that they're not enough mm -hmm. in every aspect of their life. Mm -hmm. And these are adults that have carried these youth wounds for decades mm -hmm. and still hold on to them as though it's their truth. And here's my truth today. Mm -hmm. I am proud of every individual that has the courage to show up and grow up, that has the courage to step in, to meet their own youth, the child within, to do that work, mm -hmm. to come home on that journey, to return to love, so that we then can plant the seeds, become the master gardener, nourish and nurture, plant the seeds to our own youth outside mm -hmm. of ourselves. That's the greatest gift that we could give as an elder in the communities that we call home today. Mm. Are we ready to truly embrace our own responsibility of being an elder? No longer holding on to and living in pain, but instead share our lessons. Share the simple things in life, like I'm proud of you. Like I see you, like in this moment, as I look in your eyes, I understand you because you see I am you and you are I. These are all the things, Jay, that we've learned as adults. And that's what I was getting at with Ev, the opportunity to share what we've had to learn as an adult reparenting that kindergartner that fir that first grader and ev is is with these kindergartners and first graders and second graders teaching them this so they don't have at, when they turn 35 years old or 40 years old they don't have to go back and reparent that first grader that's the responsibility that if we're dealing with children to do that because i had to do it when i turned 40 and i'm still doing it because i was never taught that i was never you know my father never said oh great job i'm proud of you my father said i'm proud of you two hours before he died You know, and I was 47 years old. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's cool. Where, you, where were you when I was 15? You know, uh, I mean, I didn't, that's hindsight. I didn't say that at that time. But uh, Probably a good thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but just think about that. That's the point I'm making. My father was 80 years old, had never said, good job. I'm proud of you this and that, but it, but it was two hours before he was about, was going to transition. 
he could he said that and the reason why and this is really important because when we do that when we look at someone and say great job i'm proud of you fantastic there's a level of intimacy that comes with that there's a level of intimacy that comes after that because it's not just about saying great job it's about being in the intimacy of that after that my father couldn't say i love you or fantastic job because after that comes a deeper bonding in intimacy in the relationship mm. which my father couldn't do mm. think about it folks mm. if i'm seeing ev it is so amazing that you are working with these kids opening your heart mm. sharing so deeply with that i'm opening my heart to evis which opens his heart which brings a greater intimacy in our relationship mm -hmm. that's what my father feared the most was intimacy that's what he taught me. That's why he couldn't say, I love you. I'm proud of you. He couldn't open his heart to share it. He just did the best he could on so many other wonderful levels. That's the key, folks. That's the key. You're, Jay, I love you. Thank you so much. You're amazing. That's just another opening in the intimacy of our relationship. And so many people are frightened of that. We've got a question for you uh, coming in from um, the Valley of Arizona, the hot valley right now. Carrie Crary asks, and we Man, love you, Carrie. It can't be any hotter than it is here. Carrie Crary. And you know <laughs> what, Carrie? I am proud of you. Um, but she asked this question for you, Jeff Pisano. Why, why do you think your father feared intimacy? I don't know, Carrie. You're going to probably have to channel him. I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> my, it's, 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 it was his journey. You know, his journey through what he didn't receive when he was a kid. You know, our wounding is formed and our conditioning and program is formed through our parents. My father's programming and conditioning was formed through his parents. Yeah. So he was frightened of intimacy for his reasons, whatever it was. I'm going to be abandoned. It's not real. Um, I still go back to this might be an example, but if, if something fantastic happened in my life, my father would always say, don't worry the other shoe's going to drop. Mm. Don't, wow, that feeling of joy. Look at, oh, don't worry. The other shoe's going to drop. Joy is not real. What's real to my father is sadness. That was his conditioning. That's why he passed that on to me, where you can't enjoy joy in the moment or something wonderful that happens because it's going to be snatched away with you from you in a nanosecond. That was his conditioning. That's what he passed on to me. Right. And what and that, that was, Jeff, was that the ego protecting the child within from, from getting hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the offense, like the offense and defense all wrapped up into one pretty bow. So if he opened up and said, oh, fantastic job, Jeff, you're wonderful, I'm proud of you, yada, yada, all that good stuff, um, then our relationship would have had to go to a deeper intimate level, which probably made my father feel so, so uncomfortable. Yeah. What are you making of this, Ev? Oh, thanks for sharing, Jeff. That's absolutely magic, brother. And, you know, always honor your story. And there's a new part that you always share, you know, and it, it really coincides with what Jay was sharing beautifully as well. You know, and it's what are we really nurturing 
this soil for this youth mm -hmm. because you know all of our cultural traditional ways were nurturing the youth into their adulthood to flow but as we know the soils of today for these little plants we call our children has been toxic mm -hmm. it has been depleted soil so we've got to start thinking really about the soil first what we're allowing these kids to grow in and it's funny because through my Dedidu meditation, that's exactly where I took them. I took them under a tree and I taught them to connect with their brothers and sisters out there on the land, the trees. So it's under that soil that we need to start identifying this disconnection that isn't allowing from that birth to that child to the uh, adolescence going into adulthood the natural flow of life of balance mm. so when we're identified those particular things that they are going through even from that like i said that that earlier age of when they were the child we've got to ask did they have that sense of security safety and stability because if they didn't, as we know, that is going to flow into that adulthood. And that's why so many of these kids were connecting straight away. Because when I took them on that journey to sit underneath that tree out in nature, they felt the sense of stability. Mm. They felt safe. They felt secure underneath their tree. I had kids' imagination saying, the dead dog came up and sat next to him underneath the tree. I had mm. kids saying that their dead grandma came up and sat with them underneath the tree. Mm. So they had naturally got this nurturing connection to spirit. Mm. But as we keep going into this so-called modern world, we're more connecting them to a technological artificial world that will not allow them to flow or be able to grow in the soil that they need to. Mm. 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 That's beautiful, man. Absolutely mm. beautiful. You know what's interesting? I'm gonna I'm gonna just piggyback what you just shared, Ev, is uh, most of the work that I do on the land. I, I take the majority of clients, especially this time of year, down to the creek. And I cannot tell you the high percentage of clients in that moment that say to me, you have no idea of how safe I feel in this space right here, right now. Mm. And I ask them why. And they say, because how did you know? that this was the only place as a child I felt safe, at the river mm. or at the creek. Mm. Flowing water, the rapids, the trees, the dragonflies, the butterflies, the wild blueberries, the wild blackberries, mm. all of it. Mm. When, they, when I take the client into the wilderness at the water's edge, their child comes out. I don't have to do a whole lot. Mm. I just have to be present to hold the space for them and create that safe, intimate, soul to soul connection. But in that mm. moment, they're home. Mm. How many of us as adults don't take the time? How many of us own bicycles that's been sitting dormant getting dusty in the garage or on the side of the home. Mm. I choose to ride my bike mm. to my work almost daily. Mm. Why? Because when I'm on that bike, you know what? I am not 62-year-old man. Mm. I'm six-year-old JJ or I'm 16-year-old JJ. Mm. And I get to meet that kid every single day mm. at the beginning and at the end of my, at the end of my work. Mm. And you know what? We have fun. Mm. 
Isn't that what this is about? Mm. It's about connecting back at our own roots, in the soil, in the water, taking your shoes off, getting your feet wet, letting in a little guppies or minnows or whatever creatures are. <laughs> Let them come up to your feet. Let them kiss your feet like they do with me. Almost. Mm. Mm. Yes, I do keep an eye out to see if there's any rattlesnakes that are coming through the creek, but it hasn't yeah. happened. You don't want them kissing your feet. No. <laughs> no. They wouldn't be kissing your feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in any event, as we are about to wrap up tonight's episode, uh, I want to I, I wanna play a couple of uh, short clips from last week's episode because I think they still uh, – I still think they bring some meaning to tonight's show. What are the fears um, you have of actually living life as opposed to moving through life the way you're supposed to or were taught to move through life? There's a difference about living your life, living your life to the utmost because we only have one or just moving through the safety and security of life, having the safe job, having the safe relationship, having the steady paycheck come in, having this, and then I'm safe and secure in life, or taking calculating chances, setting up plans for your life, but to move into that passion of life and find yourself within that, be able to live the life you say you want as opposed quite possibly the life that you're living right now. And well, while we're on a mm. roll, while we're on a roll, let's get one more. We're gonna give uh, equal uh, airtime, if it's love, bringing it home. Those ages, again, of that one to seven years old, you don't even have the ability yet to form this sense of self. So how you truly feel about yourself is really based on what other people outside of yourself are transmitting back to you. So when your parents communicated that you were acceptable, whether you made mistakes, started to form that self-acceptance. Now this is, as we go into our adulthood, we started to pick up this sense of self and the, there was a little voice that started to form. This was this little inner critic and it started to criticize in certain tones, certain behaviors that become very judgmental, we tend to start rejecting ourselves, abandoning ourselves. We actually don't accept all the parts of ourselves, whether it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. So I want to I want to close this out tonight by just uh, just just reiterating I think where we really dived in deep tonight, which is uh, we have the greatest opportunity as elders, men and women, for those of us that have done some deep diving, done the work, continue to do the work, continue to show up, continue to nurture and nourish our own youth within us. Let's step out. Let's share how we can, let's plant the seeds, let's help these children, let's help the next generation learn how to turn their own soil, how to get their hands dirty, how to get their feet wet. Let's share our own wisdom that we've picked up along our own journey, this thing called life. And with mm -hmm. that, I am proud of both you guys, my co-hosts and It's how I show up today. Mm. Thank you, Bubba. Thank you for being in my life today. Mm. Love you guys. Viewers, we love you. Keep coming back. We'll see you next week on the next episode. But for tonight, thank you for joining us on Real Men. Real Talk. Talk. Live.